Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished and rec- recognized HR leader from Bangalore, India, Mr. Ramakrishna Rao. Ram, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Pleasure being here. Thank you. Uh, Rao is the, Ram is the Chief Learning Officer of Page Industry. Uh, he's amongst the top 35 young HR leaders of 2022 of the TAPI management. And he's amongst the top 100 global HR influencers in 2022. Wow. Congratulations. Thank so, you so much. Ram, before we start talking about uh, learning, tell me a little bit about your own journey in brief. Okay, so start. I'm. I trained myself to be a software engineer, mm-hmm. and uh, in a couple of months, I figured out software is not soft, at okay. least for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I started looking out on what are the other options I have. Mm-hmm. I figured out I'm more of a people's person than more of a coding person, and then I made a switch. Um, Started with a vocational training center, started doing uh, career coaching uh, through a science called graphology at that point, and then it slowly evolved. Mm. Primarily with the uh, premise that you should make your career choices uh, based on what you're good at, Mm -hmm. rather than uh, what is hot in the market of sorts. Right. So uh, that's how I started off. That's my journey into uh, coaching per se, and that's why you will see myself uh, tagging as Coach Ram. Correct. Uh, then moved into corporate training, uh, conducting programs for organizations like Infosys, Wipro, HP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my career could sort of be split into two parts. The first half is into IT and ITS firms. And the second half is into retail. Spent a couple of years with Future Group, uh, heading their south uh, region for learning and development. And then different roles with other uh, Tebala Fashion, uh, that's a pan-India national law leading their learning and development. And now um, I'm with uh, Page Industries, a jockey, again, uh, a market leader in our uh, own category. So through and through, I've largely been in um, the domain of learning, capability building, leadership development. Mm. That's something that I'm very passionate about. And uh, that's what you'll see uh, me talking about. Fascinating. Fascinating. So as uh, the chief learning officer of PAGE, which as you just mentioned, is very, very known for its incredible brand jockey, what does the role entail? Well, the role, essentially, it's capability building uh, for the organization. Mm -hmm. So there is a sales side of it, there's a manufacturing side of it, and there is the... uh, corporate business services side of it. Mm-hmm. Ensuring that we are agile as an organization and uh, our mission is to make Page Industries or Jockey as a learning organization. Mm-hmm. An organization that is constantly learning, agile, open to uh, you know, open to changes, visioning for future and uh, being capable and ready. Right. So anything and everything that um, that entails from onboarding people to you know, aligning them to our values, ways mm-hmm. of working, uh, skill building for the future, uh, leadership, uh, future leadership uh, 
development, in terms of succession planning, a host of these things mm. uh, is what entails in terms of my role. Wonderful. And, and, and how do you uh, align the L&D strategy with the overall business strategy of the organization? In my view, there's nothing called as L&D strategy. Okay. Um, it's, it's purely business strategy mm-hmm. and uh, what the business is looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like how you say in terms of marketing and sales. You say marketing uh, does the brand building for the future, whereas sales does for the for the current. Mm-hmm. From that point of view, uh, there is a business strategy that uh, organization is looking at, mm-hmm. and the L and D strategy weaves into it. So mm-hmm. there is there is no program or uh, intervention mm-hmm. that comes out from the L and D team. Everything has to come out from the business strategy. Mm-hmm. So if the business strategy says that. These are our focus categories. Uh, this, these are our levers of growth. Mm-hmm. Then you look at how is it that we can build, you know, uh, people, processes, capabilities, systems mm-hmm. uh, to enable that. Mm-hmm. That's primarily the L&D strategy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Modest, yeah. yeah. That's a great response. And uh, when you look at and the whole world is now talking about the future of work, uh, I wanted to get your perspective, Raman. What are some of the important skills and competencies that employees should develop in order to thrive in the future of work? Uh, so I would say if, if I look at an ABC of sorts, mm-hmm. A, in terms of ability to deal with ambiguity, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, someone is re- if someone wants stability, uh, predictability uh, in their ecosystems, that's mm-hmm. something that's uh, not going to happen and they're going to really struggle in the future of work because the future of work is about being very nimble, agile, adapt to changes and you know align and thrive. Uh, there is a term, uh, interesting term called anti-fragility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, we, say, we say glass is fragile, mm-hmm. right? Something when you put pressure, then it crumbles. Right. But the concept of, I think, uh, Naseem Nicholas Talab, he talks about this topic mm-hmm. called anti-fragility. Mm-hmm. So something that uh, gains strength as you put more stress, mm-hmm. like how our muscle building happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you put weight and you do the weights and then the muscle grows. Mm-hmm. So from being tolerant to change to thriving in change. Mm-hmm. So that anti-fragility is, is a quality that everyone must and should have. Okay. And B, uh, in terms of being business-centric and business-focused, mm. there is no function, there is no role in an organization which is not linked to business. Correct. It, it, it can be even super specialized, uh, you know, niche uh, subject or area, but end of the day, you are ultimately contributing towards business. Mm. And in the recent times, you, you would have seen more and more people are uh, interested in the financials of the business, trying to understand how business happens. The more closer you are to the business, mm. the more secure your role is. Mm. Well said. And yeah, and and uh, the greater value addition that you'll be able to do, you'll get a, you'll get more opportunity to be able to do value addition. Mm. So mm. anti fragility being uh, you know uh, business centric, business minded in that sense, and see in terms of customer centric, not right. just uh, you know some of us are in customer facing roles, but a lot of us are in internal customer facing roles. Correct. Uh, but if the, um, you know, you'll always have uh, people who are in customer facing roles saying that 
you have no idea how it is to face a customer. Mm. Basically, what they're saying is you're not understanding me. Mm. So if entire organization is customer focused through internal customers and finally, and mm. that enhances the overall customer journey experience, so on and so forth. Mm. Everyone, even from a legal, from a HR, from you know the technical teams of sorts, if everyone is thinking about even something like engineering, mm -hmm. and these days we talk a lot about design thinking, and mm -hmm. the core of design thinking is keep the end user in mind. Right. So I, I would say ABC, uh, anti-fragility, uh, being business-centric mm -hmm. and uh, customer-centric. These are the three qualities that I feel irrespective of the domain that you are in, whether you are a new age organization, manufacturing organization, whichever, I think mm -hmm. these are steps that you know one should definitely uh, building the uh, employees. Fascinating. And, you know, when we talk about now learning and development, I've been speaking to many people over the last few years, technology has become a very important part of hmm. l I'd love to get your perspective on how is technology transforming l and I would say technology is democratizing l and mm -hmm. So, uh, the scalability of learning, mm -hmm. the uh, relevance of learning mm -hmm. increases with technology. Mm -hmm. Imagine, imagine a, a day and time when you know uh, the government would uh, print textbooks, syllabus will get revised once in five years, mm -hmm. seven years, and then that's what schools use. And if you want to change something in that syllabus, then it there's a huge exercise that happens. And mm. by the time you see that change, it will be another two, three years. Right. Right. Compared to that, uh, our L&D uh, requirements of what our employees would need would change in a matter of few days mm. uh, with the dynamic environment that's happening. Mm. Suddenly people say chat GPT and everyone wants to know what is that chat GPT. Mm. Some of them have already released bots using that chat GPT. Now we are talking about competition not being not between man and machine but man with machine and man without machine mm. right so that orientation so if i want skill building at scale that can happen only through uh, technology mm. and contextualization uh, and personalization can happen uh, through technology mm. so if i release a new product and uh, I want awareness about that product in my uh, sales organization, network, etc. Mm -hmm. It can happen very quickly through uh, you know a learning system that we have. Mm -hmm. We create a short module, we share that, and you know that goes across. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not just talking about my organization, but in general. Mm -hmm. So you know, uh, learning, knowledge transfer can happen at scale and at speed mm -hmm. because of technology. Mm -hmm. And even personalization. Yeah. So, you know, there are uh, there are millions of uh, you know employees, retail, and even otherwise, and each one of them are good at something, not good at something. So, technology helps you sort of probably uh, get them to do an assessment, and wherever they score less, those modules sort of get you know released through them through an AI engine, etc. Mm. So, a lot of personalization, speed, and scale, all that happens. Only because of technology. Mm, wonderful. And uh, when we talk of technology, does it also help in bringing inclusiveness in L&D? Yes, yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. 
any organization you talk about uh, some pilot projects etc mm. you'll suddenly say okay let's do a pilot in bangalore mm. you'll say let's do a pilot in you know delhi mm. bombay so in a way if you are not in uh, one of the uh, tier one cities you are not part of new initiatives mm. the new initiatives will flow to you over a period of time once they are tried tested in those cities mm. right and it's easy to manage pilots uh, where head offices are so right. that's how these centers uh, become uh, focus areas and default mm. and the rest of the organization sort of become secondary mm. they get a like the sort of get a second hand it's it's like right. being a it's like being an younger brother getting the shirts of <laughs> elder brother well said so when you talk about technology mm. and you want to drive something uh there are no boundaries mm. the geographical boundaries are gone mm. uh we want to try t- testing a new feature uh you onboard users across diverse uh, portfolio correct get people of different gender you get people from different geographical locations mm-hmm. each territory has its own uh, you know niche requirements trends challenges mm-hmm. uh, so a whole lot of diversity can uh, come in mm-hmm. and when you get the diversity obviously you are being more inclusive in nature so mm-hmm. that's how i definitely believe technology can drive uh, inclusivity mm-hmm. i agree completely and it also it also breaks barriers in terms of channels of communication mm-hmm. right uh, the fact that i am talking to you or mm-hmm. you know you reached out and uh, i got to know about this platform and i am part of this platform uh, primarily because of technology mm-hmm. maybe we would have connected on linkedin and that's how the conversation built and mm-hmm. we are here correct if not for linkedin uh, and this is the first time we are talking mm-hmm. and you are asking me where are you and i am asking you where are you based out of absolutely but a lot has happened uh, for us to be on this platform primarily because of uh, the technology that's at play absolutely and the fact that you and i are talking uh, yeah. on a video call itself is some incredible technology that we have both been introduced to so that's absolutely. fantastic my next question ram is on uh, you know employee burnout uh, how do you balance the need for upskilling and reskilling employees uh with the importance of promoting employee wellbeing and preventing burnout i don't think they are at loggerheads to start with okay any any employee um if if you tell them i am investing in you i am mm. upskilling you mm. employees will be more than happy there okay. there's no case of burnout there mm. i i've always um differentiated activity levels and stress levels mm. right uh, you can be super active mm. uh, still not be under stress your activity levels can be low but mm. you can still be under a lot of stress mm. uh, it depends on how aligned you are to that activity mm. is the activity energizing you or is that activity is that activity sort of sapping your energy right so when it comes to upskilling and um, upskilling if i see it as an organizational need for me to upskill mm-hmm. then it is a lot of stress mm-hmm. then the questions of what is in it for me why me why can't i be like this resisting change all of those things come and there you have a case of burnout well said but but if it is seen as if the narrative is seen as okay uh, the world is moving ahead fast i am at x mm-hmm. and my capability needs to move to uh, x plus mm. and the organization is helping me and mm. this is going to uh, get me ready for the future mm. then i am more 
then there is a greater buy in from me for that particular uh, activity correct at that point it's not stress hmm. at that point it's more it's more energizing hmm. well said i think the uh, key is, the key is in terms of how you uh, how you tie it to the person's um, what do you say career development or uh, so on so that they feel uh, they feel it is it is for them instead hmm. of asking what's in it for me hmm. well said uh, one more question relating to learning and then i want to move to coach uh, your avatar as a coach uh my question is how much does the organizational culture uh play a role in promoting continuous learning well, a lot uh so there are two two types of learning hmm. one is uh learning for self development mm. and learning which also supports organizational development mm. right so learning for self development uh, even there uh, the culture plays a role if i see um, i have seen i have seen and i have worked with leaders mm-hmm. who are at cxo levels but are still investing in themselves in terms of doing some courses listening to podcasts as a habit Uh, and then talking about it sharing about it so when you have leaders like that you automatically feel that okay so learning is appreciated mm. uh, and learning is encouraged and that has a positive effect on you on the other hand if you come across uh, if you come across people who sort of look down upon you mm. uh, and say that okay this guy has so much time to do all of this mm. maybe he is not focusing so much on his job Uh, that has a very negative effect on you know how you look at uh, learning as a whole mm. that's from a individual on learning for self development point of view mm. Mm. when you look at organizational learning mm. and that's where i earlier i spoke about uh, learning organization and right. that's peter singes uh, he talks extensively about it mm. in terms of whether the organization as a system are they learning mm. right when organization as a system they learn you will have less scenarios of uh, you know enokia or a, you know hmt or organizations which have uh, you know stopped beyond a point mm. so for that kind of uh, organization to be not blindfolded but open and learning you need employees who are the who are part of the ecosystem to be constantly challenging status quo mm. learning is not just about learning a new skill or you know a new way of uh, a new skill or a new technology mm. uh it's about okay we've been uh, designing our products in this way mm. uh, but can we do it differently mm. that's learning well said and and if someone is not challenging if there is a lot of group think there is a lot of uh, cloning that happens in the system then there's not much learning there's not much diversity in thought that's happening there mm. uh, homogeneity and lack of conflict correct um, while looks beautiful as harmony uh, actually is not helping the organization move forward well so said. from that culture um, encouraging peer learning uh, encouraging people to challenge status quo mm-hmm. and try new things experiment celebrating failure mm-hmm. those elements when they become part of the culture mm-hmm. uh, the organizations uh, can thrive for decades and centuries well said uh, ram let's start talk about coach ram you know and you were telling me you know after software you started coaching and then you started getting into learning and development yeah my first question to you is that how has your own background 
you know, as a software expert who decided to get into learning and development and so many years in different organizations, how has your background supported your coaching philosophy, your style and your values? Uh, at least it has helped me not to think unidimensionally. Okay. Um, because my journey... Um, my journey has been diverse, heterogeneous, very interesting mm -hmm. in that sense. So I've I've studied something doing something else. Mm -hmm. While that might still be common, people study chemical engineering and enter Infosys. That's Correct. a different story. Correct. Uh, but that's a start. Mm -hmm. I've worked with, uh, you know, uh, home-based uh, organizations, um, I've worked with uh, small, small startups of five, six people, uh, worked with uh, a promoter-led organization, mm. promoter-led but a professional organization, mm. and a conglomerate like uh, Aditya Birla, uh, and of course worked with diverse set of you know leaders, mm. had a good share of uh, fantastic leaders and leaders I would like to forget. So having this exposure, and having seen so many careers, mm. uh, I know that there is no one path. Mm. I know that uh, there is no one solution to a problem. Mm. So that helps me being, you know, uh, non-judgmental. So when I, when I, uh, in my coaching philosophy, uh, a, I am not going to give solutions mm. because the person uh, has the best solution and it's best for them to discover. Mm. And because, um, because of the journey that I've had, I am not, uh, I am not blinded to any possibilities. Mm. The world is full of possibilities. Correct. Correct. Right? And if I, if I look at your journey, uh, and how the brand called you would have got evolved, right? Mm. So this is something that you would not have imagined probably any year before you started this. Absolutely. Absolutely. But something that you something that you build on and on and mm. then it builds on and mm. it's a possibility that becomes a reality in future mm. but at that point it not have been correct so when people when coach, when people come to me and say okay i want to become x mm. you will end up becoming x that's mm. an easier part mm. but when they uh, drop their uh, so i call it as bullseye goal and compass goal mm. bullseye goal is you know i want x designation x salary mm. by so and so time and you will end up achieving it Correct. Uh, that's a bullseye goal, very sharp, specific. You got it. But when you look at a compass goal, saying that, okay, I want to be in this space, I want to try different things and let mm. me see how it evolves. Mm. And and you won't believe, in my experience, I have found the compass uh, mode mm. actually gives you far, far more uh, benefit and you will achieve more than mm. what you thought initially. Mm. A tree will never decide that you know I'll I'll grow to uh, five feet. Correct. Right. It it keeps growing and you know it keeps growing endlessly in that mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. So that. So if you're asking me about my philosophy, uh, basis my experience being non-judgmental comes uh, naturally, mm -hmm. and uh, seeing the journeys uh, I've seen how people have grown, uh, it instills great belief and conviction in me about mm. the world of possibilities. Mm. Mm. And when we discuss and talk about uh, possibilities and you put energy into those into that path, mm. people can achieve magical stuff. 
Well said. What a great response. Thank you. So Ram, I have time for one more question. And this question is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your own incredible journey that you've had, and you know, you're so young and you've got so much more to achieve in life ahead, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your journey and from our conversation? Okay. Three, three lessons. One, uh, the past doesn't determine the future. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter where, where you are now, mm. where you want to be, mm. uh, is absolutely not constrained by where you are. Correct. And that that's my, again, puts my belief in the world of possibilities. Correct. Number two, you should bet on yourself before you expect anyone else to bet on you. Mm. Uh, if you keep waiting for opportunities, mm. uh, you can keep waiting forever. Mm. Uh, so you create opportunities for yourself. Mm. Um, people people say fake it till you make it. Mm. I I say I call it as fake it as you make it. Mm. You you explore, you experiment. And that's how you discover, you know, your uh, true self. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And third thing, I'm a very, very strong believer in um, consistency greater than uh, determination or, mm. you know, intensity. Mm. Yeah. So let me rephrase that. Consistency greater than intensity. Mm. So there may be a few short bursts that we have. You know, it might be like, okay, uh, I look at Ashutosh Garg and I say, okay, even I want to be on uh, this platform. Even I want so many views. The next 20 days, I do 20 podcasts with different people and then I don't do anything for a year. Mm. Right? So being consistent, I think really uh, gives you results in whatever it is. Mm. Uh, intensity can be up and down. Mm. Uh, there may be few hits, there may be few lows, but mm. if you are consistent and um, and and I've heard this from one of the sportsmen mm. saying that, you know, uh, doing the boring stuff consistently is what's, what gets you to interesting success stories. Very well said. Very well said. And Ram, on that note and your three amazing lessons, the path does not determine the future. Second, you said, bet on yourself first, create opportunities for yourself. And third one, which is so powerful, consistency uh, is greater than intensity. Thank you yeah. so much for speaking to me, Ram, about your own amazing journey. I loved what you told me about the ABC, which is ambiguity, business-centric and customer-centric. Thank you for talking to me about so many different aspects of learning and development. Thank you also for talking to me about coaching. And I loved your two uh, examples of bullseye coaching and compass coaching. Again, it sets a lot of different things in perspective when you're looking at bullseye coaching and compass coaching. Absolutely. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ajitosh. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.